I don't have time to keep up with the latest fitness fads and celebrity workouts. I just need a fitness and nutrition plan that actually gets results. Caliber is a top-rated, science-based fitness program completely customized to my needs and abilities, designed around my schedule. An expert personal trainer keeps me motivated so I stay consistent and see results. Get $100 off Caliber today at CaliberStrong.com slash podcast. That's CaliberStrong.com slash podcast. family man we in this thing a sports coma late edition hump day edition of the coma shout out to the fam welcome 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 you're not rocking with the sports coma with big q and the guys but we have intense entertaining educating and enlightening sports talk from your favorite sports fam thank y'all for being here on this late edition of the coma we're gonna go over a few things a few things we're gonna cover we're gonna go we're gonna kind of peek through some things of course we do the wednesday wrap up we look at the I uh, will react to Carr's recent interview, as uh, I've seen several reports indicating that the Saints are not ruling out Derek Carr for the matchups. Like QE just had a show this was up. 
part of that is strategy. They want to try to uh, kind of leave a question mark, you know, for people that's, uh, you know, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and who are they, who are we going to face? We're going to face Jameis, we're going to face Derek. So I can understand the strategy right there. So <clears throat> we won't truly know who will start, but I think we pretty much got a good idea who will be lining up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we'll go over the wrap-up show, the injury report. We'll also listen to and react to several interviews, including Derek Carr's recent interview. Yeah, how you doing, Saints fans? And Mickey Loomis, Mickey, we got one for Mickey. We're not, we're not going to listen to the whole Mickey one because it's like 20-something-odd minutes. And, of course, DA, his thoughts on um, the, his weekly conference call that he did will be playing uh, portion. We'll play that entire portion. That's not very long. So anyway, for me, please feel free, family, to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. And by all means, feel free to share the show on your social media feed as we get going. Now, before we get going, let me just throw this out here to the family. Listen, a lot of strange things happening right now in the world. A lot of strange things. I wanted to kind of put game on the family. I'm going to discuss this on the newest show on Patreon. <clears throat> on Q with Big Q, a lot of strange happenings. We're in a very fantastic time. You know, I'm going to caution everybody out there. We're in a very fantastic time. You're going to see things that you've never seen before. You're going to hear things you never heard before. One of the things that's going on right now is the crisis. I'm going to call it a crisis. But it is the Mississippi River literally drying up. I mean, you can Google pictures of it. It's throughout the river. If you get pictures from Memphis, the Memphis area, you can see it. It's just a lot of stuff going on, stuff that you never thought you would ever see is happening. And those are telltale signs of coming. So I'm going to warn all my spiritual people out there to get on game. Get on game. Get on game. Get your stuff together. Get your peoples together. Get your get your get your get your spirit together. Get divine. Get that connection tight. Just saying, man, you're going to need a lot of discernment because there's a lot of things that's going to be happening over the next couple of months that you're going to need that for. So I'm going to be speaking on that Patreon special. It'll be this weekend. It's going to be a, a very busy weekend for me, but I'm going to definitely drop some game on that. But anyway, shout out to the family. Let's get going in this episode of the show. Much love. Let's cover a few things right here. Saints, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Wednesday wrap up show. Shout out to Noonie, man. Noonie Jenkins. Uh, our contributor, one of our Saints contributor, her and Niles Carpenter, they do a fantastic job. I just love our contributors, man. Uh, New Orleans Saints prepared to face off against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week four. And, of course, the Saints injury report, as it seems with some some of the players to break down. You had Jordan Howden, the rookie, uh, who was on the list with a finger issue. Of course, it's Wednesday, the first reports. He was DMP, didn't play. Derek Carr, of course, his right shoulder issue. Uh, he did not play. We knew that. We knew Cesar Ruiz was dealing with a concussion from the game. He was taken out. Cesar Ruiz was put in there. Paulson Adebo have his hamstring issue. He was DMP'd as well. Tight end, uh, tight end Foster Monroe still dealing with an ankle issue. And Jimmy Graham, and along with tackle Ryan Ramchek, all getting th- those two veterans getting the rest days. And Foster Monroe dealing with an ankle sh- issue. So. With stuff going on with the Saints offensive line, we're not certain that Cesar Ruiz will clear concussion protocol um, before the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. It would be good to actually have him back. If he can't go, we know Andrews Pete will be uh, the guy that steps in there. I know a lot of people are not really too excited about that, but Andrews Pete is a decent offensive lineman when he's healthy. Also, Foss Monroe, 
ankle issue, but we do have Jimmy Graham. We Taysom Hill and, and Jawan Johnson, those guys seem to be doing okay. And, of course, we know about Ryan Ramchick, who's – and that's not just Ryan Ramchick. It's the entire Saints offensive line has struggled the first three weeks of the season. The Saints currently sitting up at 2-1. and one, And we, we can kind of rectify things in the first month of the season – I kind of opening up and I've said this before and, and I'll say it again. Once I get through the rest of the injury report, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Carlton Davis, one of their better cornerbacks dealing with a toe issue. Jamel Dean's the other cornerback. He was DMP'd neck and shoulder problems. Uh, uh, Sir Vance Servosia Dennis is a hamstring. He was DMP'd. Kalaja Kansi was guy we was looking at have a calf issue. He did. He was DMP'd. So was Derek Pitts, the cornerback nose tackle Vita Vey was DMP'd as well, and linebacker Devin White was DMP'd with foot issues. So they're dealing with some issues. We'll see exactly what this looks like when we move closer into the week. We get the Friday report. We'll see exactly what's going on with some of these players as well. Now, let me say this about the Saints' loss, and then we'll kind of span ahead. Those type of losses, when you go up to a place that you were supposed to beat with a team that was missing five of its best players, and you or leading the team in the fourth quarter, and then the last 11 minutes of the game, you surrender 18 points to lose said game, have to put your tail between your legs, take a flight all the way back down to Louisiana, and hear from the family members for a whole week on how you imploded. This this type of game, this type of embarrassing-ass game, has a positive effect on a team with some, con- well, I ain't going to say confidence, but with at least a little pride. Some some moral about themselves to be embarrassed like that. These type of embarrassing affairs do have a galvanizing effect. They do. And they can. This could galvanize the Saints team to perform better. It could force guys who were not playing well to get on code with each other. It can form a camarader, even closer camaraderie and, of course, bring up a higher level of accountability with the players as well as the assistant coaches and the coaches above them. It can galvanize teams. And what I'm saying is what's really interesting about this upcoming game against the Bucs is that this is the fourth game of the regular season, fam. This is a month worth of NFL games. And usually by the fourth game, you should see them figure out what they want to do and take off. Now, this game should give them some attitude and, and get them focused on what they need to do. And this, it should give them an edge to take off against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So if if I'm right in my thinking, and it's just me thinking, if I'm right in my thinking, I'm thinking the Saints should be able to kind of right a lot of wrongs and iron out a lot of wrinkles with this upcoming matchup in the Dome against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which it sets up perfectly. You get embarrassed on the road. You come back home for one game because then after that, you got to leave for two more weeks to play teams you usually don't play, which is the the New England Patriots and the Houston Texans. But this could be a game in which the Saints let go. All of the frustrations and all this other stuff, they let go and they have a really the best game that we've seen them have of the season against the Buccaneers in the dome before they take it to the road. So that's what my thought process and I'll be my process is I'll be interested and be paying close attention So what kind of version of the Saints that we're going to get against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? By all accounts, the team that we should see against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 
should be a team that runs the ball. Not, you know, not demoralizing run ball like you've seen what happened with the Philadelphia Eagles against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week. They were just ridiculous on Monday night. And, and and with that being said, you're getting the team on a short week. They got beat up pretty bad by the Philadelphia Eagles. So everything's working. You're getting them in the building at home. And you coming off an embarrassing loss, which should help you galvanize and really put the smack down on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and right the wrongs of what happened this past week and the two previous weeks of poor play, which we can get past that because we understand that in the first two, three weeks of the season, you're going to see preschool, regular season style football with a lot of errors, a lot of uh, confusion because they don't know exactly what they want to do and how they want to do it. But a lot of this stuff needs to be cleaned up. We get AK-41 back. We get some stuff happening that's positive. But we need to see a more confident, stronger, disciplined Saint team that laid a smack down on this Tampa Bay Buccaneers club. All right, anyway, let's keep it moving, fam. Let's go on to the next one, man. Let's hear from uh, Dennis Allen. We're going to play this Dennis Allen uh, video or te- uh, conference of what he thought. Um, yeah, and he usually do, the, do these like at least once a week, these conference calls. That don't usually last that long. Sean Payton used to do a lot of these. So y'all put one in the chat if y'all can hear Dennis on the conference call. Here we go. Yeah. Okay, uh, looking close to today. It's good to have him back out there. So excited to have him. And was Derek able to participate in any in any? Derek, Derek did not participate today. He was out there. Um, you know, he's 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 feeling better today. We'll we'll evaluate him to see where he's at tomorrow, and and uh, you know, hopefully, we'll be able to get him back out there. Dennis, do you guys know what the grade is on his AC sprain? Yeah, it, he's got a right shoulder AC sprain. That's really all I got for you. Does that mean he could potentially still play this week? You think getting back out there soon? Yeah, that's that, look. It, nothing has changed. We we said we're going to evaluate him throughout the week and see where he's at. Um, he didn't practice today. We'll see where we're at tomorrow with him, but. Uh, um, I'm not ruling anything out. Hey, Dennis, if, if, if he's not able to go, um, what's, what's been the hardest part about just uh, the kind of sit and shuffle you guys have had to do a quarterback these last couple of years always having to kind of replace him being a starting lineup? Yeah, well, look, I mean, that's not that's not the situation that anybody wants to be in in our league, um, you know, without your starting quarterback. So, um, you know, it complicates things a little bit, but yet, Look, we feel confident uh, in Jameis being able to go in there and, and help lead us to victory. And and so uh, if he's called upon to do so, uh, we'll go out and play well. He'll, he'll do a great job for us, and we're excited about it. This is uh, you know, obviously something you guys have had to do every year since 19. Um, so when, when you went through that first thing, with your, I mean, has it been just a like an organizational principle to always have kind of a veteran starter who's, well, yeah, look, I mean, obviously that, that position is the most important position on the field. And so, um, you know, you want to feel like that the guy that comes in for your starter um, can, can help uh, and, and run the team and, and give you an opportunity to win. And that's what we're really looking for. And, and look, no different than any other position in that when you're missing somebody uh, in, in one area, there's other guys that have to be able to, to step up and perform and, and take up some of that slack. And so, uh, 
you know, if if Derek's not able to go and Jameis, uh, you know, takes the reins, there's going to be a lot of other people that are going to be involved in, in, in making sure that we're successful. So receivers are going to have to step up. Offensive line is going to have to step up. Runners and tight ends. Uh, defense is going to have to step up. So, um, you know, it's a total team effort. Dennis, what, what's been um, kind of the main issue if you're not being able to get the run game going so far through three weeks? Um, well, look, I, I think, I think um, you know, we've got to do a better job of, you know, creating space in the defense, uh, setting a new line of scrimmage up front. Um, I think that's where it all starts. Uh, you know, obviously in the run game and the passing game, you know, um, most teams around this league, you know, have a lot of success when, when they're able to control the line of scrimmage. And I think that's an area that we've got to, you know, continue to work to improve on. Um, and we, we've been hard at work to try to, uh, try to make corrections and get better there. Yeah, not to harp on Derek, but is there a point in the week where you do want to have that kind of decision made or are you comfortable going to the weekend to Sunday? Well, I think, I think there's a point um, where we, where we got to, you know, kind of make a decision, but um, we're not at that point right now. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it's a situation where um, you kind of let, the, you kind of let it play out throughout the week. Um, and then, Come Sunday, we'll 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 have a good plan in place in terms of what we're going to do. Yeah, did, uh, did something happen to uh, Jordan Howden in the last game? Jordan Howden uh, injured his finger last week in practice. Um, he he uh, had an injured finger and, and uh, played through it in the game, um, and and so he's he's out right now, um, and we'll we'll see where he's at as the week goes on. Was that something that, like, have to get surgery after the game or, or something like that? Yeah, I'm not going to get into all the specifics. He's got a finger. Um, you know, I know you guys are doing your job and everything, but um, ultimately there's an injury report. He's got an injured finger. Didn't practice today. Um, we'll see where we go throughout the week. Dennis, uh, I know in years past, I guess, when Jameis was the starter, Taysom didn't have such the workload because he was the backup. Would you follow a similar plan, or would Jason's workload remain the same if Jameis is the starter and he's the backup? Yeah, I don't think a whole lot's going to change. Um, you know, we'll we'll uh, you know obviously we got a plan in place. You know, in terms of what we're going to do, I certainly don't want to uh, you know kind of kind of give away our secrets in terms of what our plans are schematically and and who's playing when and where and all those kinds of things. So uh, obviously, guys, we'll have a plan in place. Uh, regardless of who's playing at the quarterback position, and, and uh, we'll be ready to go on Sunday. Dennis, what do you think of uh, Yonam's performance uh, filling in for Paul? Look, I thought overall, I thought he performed really well. I think he had four or five pass breakups in the game. Um, you know, he challenged in coverage. Uh, I thought I thought he filled in admirably uh, in, in, in the absence of Paulson. And, and uh, you know, look, we – we watched him all throughout camp and felt confident in his ability to go in and play. And, and so uh, it was good to see him step up and, and, and make some plays in that game. And is, it a, is there any extra challenge when, when you're asking Alante to play in the slot when y'all are in sub, but then move outside when y'all are in base? Well, look, yeah, I mean, look, obviously, um, you know, it, 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 it calls for a little bit 
you know, extra learning in terms of what, what you have to do, but those guys have to prepare that way every week. I mean, that's always been, you know, kind of the plan in, in that, you know, Alante plays inside, but he also plays outside corner and, and that's the way this league operates. And so, um, you know, I, I, I think he's comfortable in that role. Dennis, what went into the decision to release Traquan Smith when he, when he could have kept him on IR? Well, we actually couldn't have kept him on IR because he was actually healthy. So we had to make a decision, you know, at that point in time. And, and um, you know, I think we just made the decision that we would uh, go ahead and release him and give him an opportunity to go uh, potentially sign with somebody else. Hey, Dennis, I, I know you already said that Jameis would be Carr's backup, but was there any – Let me stop it right there, man. And uh, you heard him address the, the Trey Quan Smith uh, – Situation where the he the and yeah for family members don't know this the they, the Saints did release Traquan Smith, uh, we covered it and of course this is the latest stuff right here and of course you know this is what's going to happen he's going to run to his homeboy, report ex Saints wide receiver Traquan Smith to visit Peyton's Broncos, and of course you know that's how it goes Traquan Smith released by the, the Saints on Tuesday, and many a fan only half jokingly assumed the veteran wide receiver would end up in Denver reuniting with head coach Sean Payton. They, were, they weren't they were wrong. Mike Kliss reports that Broncos will bring in Smith for a visit Wednesday night. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes, it's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. And have undergo a physical Thursday, a potential prelude to said reunion. Uh, Sean Payton helped select Williams, who's 27, I mean, Smith, excuse me, who's 27 in the third round of the 2018 draft. Former UCF standout, made 51 appearances, 21, 29 starts during his four years under Payton, 112 catches for 1486 and 17 touchdowns. Despite their history, however, it's difficult to imagine where Smith would fit in if Payton. If Penn is put to paper, the Broncos have Jerry Judy, Courtly Southern, uh, Courtland Southern, and entrenched at the top of the depth chart with fellow NOLA alum LaJordan Humphrey and increasingly progressing Brandon Johnson pulling up the rear. There's also a matter of explosive rookie Marvin Mims Jr., who leads the NFL in yards per catch. So where would Traquan Smith fit? Well, with Sean Payton, he'll probably fit somewhere. In, and like I said, it's always injuries that happen. Well, he'll have an opportunity to stick and stay with that club. Anyway, that's uh big ups to Traquan Smith, man. He was a guy, and we ultimately knew uh, <clears throat> that the Saints, you heard what Dennis Allen said, good question by Mike Triplett. Uh, I, like I said, Triplett asked the best questions. I'm going to have to put an award together and send it to him. The best asking, the best question asking Saints reporter we have is Mike Triplett. He always has, he asks the best questions. He asks the type of questions I would ask. 
that most of them just skip clean over. No disrespect to him, but he just asks the right questions. He and he's good at it because he asks more questions than the rest of them. If you listen to a lot of these things, I hear I hear him all the time, sometimes two or three times more than you hear the rest of the reporters. So he's good at what he does. But anyway, let's get back to the report and finish up on what Dennis Allen saying here. Uh, no, that wasn't a consideration. Um, to follow up on, on Traquan, does that also speak to the comfortability you have with some of the receivers in the building? Yeah, look, we feel good about the guys that we have. Obviously, you know, our top three have played, uh, you know, really well for us. Um, you know, we feel good about Kirkwood. Um, you know, they, they, I, I just I feel like that's a, that's a good room. We've got a couple of good young receivers that we like. Um, and so, uh, you know, we felt like that was the move to make in the best interest of our football team. I, I can't recall if this was confirmed or not, but uh, Jake Luton was a, a pretty natural choice for adding depth at quarterback because he had been here last year. Yeah, I think, look, we, we obviously looked at, uh, you know, several options that, in terms of guys that, that uh, you know, have been in our system, um, you know, obviously, because that, that person's going to have to get up to speed pretty quickly. So Jake was a guy that, look, we liked him when he was here last year um, and, and felt comfortable that he could come in and, and, and fill that role. Okay, guys, thanks. All right, that's uh, Dennis Allen, man. He got the hell out of there quick, so. The reality is like you 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 think about stuff like that. Dennis Allen was saying about the team and about the quarterback, and we know what time it is with Carr. We know we understand what's going to happen with Derek Carr. We know that the New Orleans Saints are not going to start Jer- Derek Carr in a matchup against Tampa Bay. This is Jameis Winston time. That's what he's here for. That's why we didn't trade him when other when Aaron Rodgers went down after four snaps in the opening of the first week of NFL action. James, when it, this happens in the NFL because it's a physical game. But in terms of the what's the time frame, you know, on the AC joint spring, we talked about it on uh, on TSC Patreon live on Tuesday. We talked about it. We covered it. Allow me to share this with you, fam. This is straight from WebMD uh, about the sprain. A lot of you guys educated yourself on AC joint sprain and what causes it ligaments and tendons involved. And I'm not going to bore you with all this medical stuff, but I know one of the, the thing is AC joint, you know, connects to the shoulder blade. We know all that kind of stuff and the components, the ligaments, ten, the, ligand, the, the uh, tendons and the cartilage and the ligaments. And what happens, the sprain caused damage to the ligaments that the joint, the AC joint and help keep it in place. Damage to the ligaments can destabilize the joint and cause pain or limit the movement. AC joint sprains may also impacts surrounding connections with muscles. So we talked about that and mo- and this is a very, I ain't gonna say it's a rare, well, it, it is kind of rare outside of a high contact sport like hockey or football. They get a lot of these things. Like it says right here, the percentage of football players, I mean, this injury happens in football players 40% of the time. That's very high. And the causes are hard hit. We know what tab- time it is. Derek Carr is holding the ball. A guy just slams him down on the ground and it, Thank goodness it was just grass. Really, you know what I'm saying? Could you imagine if that was done on a harder surface, what the guy did? 
I mean, Green Bay is grass. It's it's grass, literal natural grass. That could you imagine what it have been if it was, you know, a harder surface? But anyway, AC joint sprains classified by grading systems: type ones, two, threes, so on and so forth. So obviously, I won't get into the higher ones, but type one injuries. Talk about the AC ligament. One of the ligaments supporting the joint is sprained. The AC joint and other supporting ligaments and surrounding muscles aren't affected. Type 2 injuries have completely torn AC ligaments. We know that's not him because they said that he doesn't, re- when it's torn, it requires surgery. They said that there was no damage there. So what is the, the treatment? Rest in the shoulder. Give the shoulder time to rest and heal. Avoid any activities that further aggravate the injury, including sports. Sleeping on the shoulder. You can't even sleep on it. And then use the injured arm to reach above your head. That's a no-no. You got to keep that in a sling. So the sling can help protect the shoulder from another injury and help protect the joint to heal correctly. Using cold packs, pain medicine if necessary. If cold packs and over-the-counter or prescribed pain medications can help alleviate pain and reduce swelling near the shoulder, sticking to a rehabilitation plan. As the shoulder starts to heal, it's completely, it's important to move the shoulder joint to heal properly. Please consult the doctor and we know they got them in the building. Okay, that moves us to the AC joint sprain recovery time. How long will it take you? Dr. Q, to get this out the way. Well, you see, AC joint sprain recovery time varies depending on how bad the sprain is. Type 1 sprains are pretty mild, while the rest are quite, is, you know, goes up into different degrees of severe. With a mild sprain, you can expect it to start to feel better and move normally after six weeks. By three months, the shoulder be, should be back to normal and the most severe injuries it takes longer to heal after surgery if the surgery required usually takes six weeks or longer six months for the shoulder to fully return to normal so that's some of it right here so and of course we know that they got heart you know they got that cortisone shot that they can shoot in that shoulder but that's what i was telling the family members that he's not going to rule anybody out because it's smart not to rule anybody out right now because he understands that the Saints don't have, you know, the Saints don't have to use that. They, get, they have to keep Tampa Bay guessing on who the quarterback is going to be. But we know who the quarterback is going to be this week and next week. We know who the quarterback is going to be. So, you know, we'll see how it all ferrets out. Let's go on over to, oh, let me, let me talk to you guys. Let me tell you. I'm going to talk to you. I put my damn clam chowder down here. So here's Mickey Loomis. We haven't heard from Mick, the mixter, Slick Mickey himself. We haven't heard from him in a while. Let's listen what old Slick Mickey have to say. I ain't going to play the whole thing. I'm going to play a, a large portion of it. For, it's an interview done by WWL. They had Mickey, and I, I can't believe Mickey stuck with him that long, but he, here's the interview, and he talked about a number of things. Here we go. Right. You have no other choice. Yeah, um, that's right. We just don't have another choice, but Look, that's that's a game that we felt like we had in our hands, and and uh, we let it slip away. And and uh, credit to them, they made some plays in the fourth quarter. Um, we had our opportunities, and and um, but I think I think that's one of those games you you're going to look back on, and uh, man, we could have could have won that uh, with just a play or two here or there, and and uh, we did. Uh, a lot of teams uh, kind of went through that week three. There were six 2-0 teams, you know, kind of unbeaten going into that. Saints, Atlanta, 
Tampa, Dallas, Washington, Baltimore, all lost. So the, the big picture is, at least in the NFC South, everybody else lost as well. It's not, you know, it's, it's not a consolation prize, but the fact of the matter is it's the big picture, right? Yeah, it's the big picture. And and look, it's, it's um, you know, three games in. So we have to keep that in mind, regardless of whether we'd have won it or not. Um, you know, winning the division or losing the division in week three. Um, you know, but, but again, that's, that's a game that, uh, man, it looked, it looked like it was going our way for, uh, three quarters, three of the four quarters, and then, uh, kind of got away from us in the fourth quarter. I know Dennis talked about it yesterday and I'm not asking about any kind of update about Derek Carr, only that again, and I hate to keep using the word big picture, but it could have been worse, right? I mean, this could, this is a situation that just could have been worse. Yeah, look, he got he got hit pretty hard, uh, um, slammed on the turf pretty hard, and and um, yeah, sometimes you know that's how shoulder injuries occur, and, and uh, you know I guess you could say we were fortunate that it wasn't worse, but uh, unfortunate that it wasn't uh, you know better too. So it is what it is. We'll we'll deal with it on a day to day basis and and go from there. Chris Olave, wow, what a, I mean, first off, stunning rookie year and picks it right back up. He's sixth in far as in the NFL as far as yards, 302, averaging 100 plus a game, 22 receptions. He's seventh in the NFL as far as 20 plus. Uh, so chunk plays, and they don't have a category for it, but uh, if in the unbelievable one handed catches, uh, he, he's up there as well. What an impressive start for this second year. Yeah, he, he's, uh, look, he's taken the kind of leap from year one to year two that, that uh, you hope for and you expect. And, and uh, I think I was most encouraged by, you know, the dedication that he had in this offseason to improve in some areas that were identified off of last season. And last season was pretty darn good for him. Um, so there's a, there's a young man that takes his, uh, his craft pretty seriously. And... Uh, has, has a desire uh, to get better and, and then and the action to go with it. Was one of those uh, improvement areas yak yardage yards after catch? Because I know Dennis talked about that and he, and he did enormously well uh, in week one. Was that one of those areas that is kind of the next progression for him? Yeah, I, you know, I think that was that's one of the things. And, and part of that is just getting – you know, getting your body uh, uh, and your physique stronger, you know, put a little weight on, a little good weight on, just things like that, understanding um, the game a little better, understanding the situations and, and the times that, um, you know, you strain for, for extra yards and the times that you're a little more cautious. Got number 41 back in the building yesterday. That must uh, must be nice. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, certainly is. You know, we, we – you know, Alvin's such a good player, such a positive influence on our team, and and just a, a you know a weapon that's that's uh, unique to our league, and um, it, it's good to have him back, and it'll be good to have him back on Sunday. Is there, is there any? I'm, I'm not. I know that he wasn't allowed at the camp, but it, it, like, there's no contact, right? So you guys haven't really seen or talked to him in, in, in a few weeks, right? No, the the actual rules are that once half of the uh, suspension is passed, he can actually come into the building and. Oh, okay. And be in uh, uh, a few things. He can't be on the field. He can't practice. But there's some other things that he can do um, to get himself ready for the 
you know, upcoming uh, weeks when he is active. Hard to really put, uh, you know, uh, any kind of uh, statistic to it, but he is so impactful for your, not just your running game, but your, but your passing game. So to, to get him back, uh, you know, it means a lot in, in both of those areas. Yeah, it does. And, and, but I would say that uh, I thought Tony Jones and, and Jamal Williams before him and, and uh, um, Kendra have, have all done uh, a nice job in filling in. Rashid Shahid, wow. I mean, this young man, I mean, obviously the first time he touches the football last year, week six, 44-yard touchdown. Second time he touches it is a 53-yard reception. And then the 76-yard punt return, that's the third longest in franchise history. Just one of those kind of special kind of cats uh, that has just a, a unique ability. You just want to get him, try to get him in space as much as possible. Yeah, look, he's very explosive. Um, you know, we've seen we've seen a number of plays that he's made uh, on offense, and and it was good to see him get a punt return and and get a crease. And and look, once once he once he hits that crease, you know, it, he's going to be hard to catch. And and uh, hopefully, we can get a few more of those this season. That was, I mean, Sunday at least from from our vantage point. By the time he'd almost gotten to the Green Bay forty, you could see it was it was over. I mean, it was. I mean. They had, they had bad angles and there was really just nobody there. That's a, that's a rare one when you've got, you know, maybe 60 yards ahead of you and you kind of know what's going to happen. Yeah. Look, it was well blocked. Um, the, the design was good for the return and, and uh, you know, everything happened um, according to plan. And, and obviously, um, you know, Rashid did a great job of, of hitting the crease and, and uh, getting in open space and making the most of it. Dennis Allen talked yesterday about the, you know, the, the pressure that was on kind of the defensive secondary in that second half and really the fourth quarter. I mean, 13 passes defensed uh, Alante Taylor, five PDs, Isaac Yadam, four PDs. Uh, but, man, he, you could just feel you, you talk about being a defensive back on an island and Taylor and Yadam were must be what it felt like because they were just I mean, they were just going after him so much. Yeah, the uh, um, yeah. Look, I don't know how many targets each of those guys had, but they had a lot. And and look, that's the circumstance and the situation in the game is they're behind by seventeen. They had to throw it a lot, um, and it was good to see. You know, even even a, a number of the catches that they made were contested throws, um, and and it was good to see our guys get their hands on on some balls. We've done that in the prior two games as well. I, I you know I think Lattimore had. Uh, a game where he had multiple passes defensed and um, where he's getting his hands on, on some balls. And, um, you know, we, we'd like to turn some of those into, into interceptions, but uh, I thought that was, that was good play by both of those guys. Uh, this team has. And, and let me add that to it. Uh, what's interesting is we talked about the Isaac Yildum situation. Isaac Yildum needs to stop face guarding as much. It's ridiculous. I'm sitting up here watching Isaac Yildum. <clears throat> face guarding the guy. He's doing too much of that. Turn your head around and locate the ball, bro. That's how we get them interceptions up. He ain't going to be able to catch him if he can't see him, bro. So, I mean, if you look at the film, study the technique, because I like Yedem. The young cornerback still got a lot to learn. Alante Taylor was picked on a lot. He was picked on a lot, and he was able to, to come through it. So, uh, and, and a lot of people anticipating uh, Alante to have some struggles because it's a sophomore year and usually it happens. 
But Alante Taylor, man, was fantastic. We know Isaac Yudum gave up the uh, the touchdown uh, in the Green Bay game because it was face guarding the guy and, and the ball was thrown. It's just a part of the game and they were tired. But nobody's gonna, nobody cares about that. All that people care about is if you you got to get the dub, man. That's that's what it comes down to. So they're not going to sit here and the defense is not going to say, well, we stunk because our offense stunk. They're going to all take the onus for the L together like a team's supposed to. So hey, let's finish up with Mickey. You know, very resilient. Certainly the Tampa loss last year was was tough. I don't want to say similar, but just, I mean, just tough in the way it happened in the fourth quarter. But yet you bounce right back. Uh, you beat Atlanta, Cleveland. Philly, both of those games on the road. So you've kind of, you know, there's some history there that hey, this is just, you know, it's one in 17. Yeah, I look, I think, you know, first of all, every team, we can't rely on what happened last year. Every team is unique. Um, and we're going to see how we bounce back um, after after having a tough loss. Um, but we've got to, as a, as a group, we've got to develop a little bit better of a, a killer instinct. When we have somebody down, not letting our foot off the gas, not giving them opportunities. Go ahead, Mickey. Mickey say we got to develop some killer instinct. Go ahead, Mickey. Opportunities to get back into games, um, and and look, you got to credit them because they didn't get a turnover from us. It wasn't like we turned the ball over or had some disastrous uh, uh, play happen that got them back in the game. Um, but we need to we need to you know find a way to close out some of these games because we've had a number of them. Well, last year in particular that um you know could have easily been in the win column for us gonna step aside take a quick break where we're talking with saints executive vice president and general manager mickey lemus this is the saints hour on the community coffee New Orleans. hold on the damn uh, mike hoss i don't damn hold on i ain't done yet but listen mickey's dropping some facts right there man absolutely he's talking some good sense right there talking about the killer instinct he's right you know, and and and, I, and and to my knowledge, I didn't hear Mickey Loomis. I mean, not Mickey Loomis, but Dennis Salen mention anything about developing the killer instinct. We got to make adjustments, all this kind of stuff. No, if you had killer instinct, you'd have won that contest because you would never allowed them people to leak back into the game. You'd have found that we see. And we talked about this when you get fundamental about running attack to have a nasty running attack. You have to have attitude. You can't be a melancholy, a melancholy vanilla uh, a non-emotional offensive line like the Saints are. You got to find a reason to be upset and play with attitude and play with an edge. They're not doing that because they damn sure have the ability to run block. These people can run block. They've done it for years. We've seen them hoist one of the best run tag, you know, doing, when Elvin Kamara and, and Mark Ingram was here and all these other guys. The Saints always had a top 10, top 15 offense, man. They've always had it. You know, and all of a sudden this year, they don't have any guts. They playing with no attitude. They all vanilla. It takes attitude. Somebody has to fire these men up so that they can understand, man, you, you need to handle your damn business. It takes attitude. The Saints not pan- playing with any attitude. We know each one of these guys could play at a high level, especially Ryan Ramchek. I'm calling straight out to Ryan Ramchek. Ramchek's the best offensive lineman we have, and he's playing like the third best offensive line, or probably the fourth best. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Sometimes during Christmas, something magical happens. Hey, Cricket customers. The Max with Ads plan is included with the Cricket $60 Unlimited plan at no additional cost. And this holiday season, Max is the one to watch when you're feeling festive. Son of a nutcracker. Cozy up to all the holiday classics like Elf, 8-Bit Christmas, and the Harry Potter 8 Film Collection. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. Phone plans, streams, and standard definition programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See CricketWireless.com for details. I mean, he stinks out there many times. He's getting pushed around. Uh, it was a play where Rashawn Gary beat him twice on the same play. He beat him getting around him on the play, and then Jameis slid up into the pocket or Carr. I forgot who the hell it was. It probably was Carr. Carr slid up into the pocket. or it was, I don't know who the hell it was. Slid up into the pocket, and then he still missed another block to get the guy before he grabbed him and wrestled him to the ground. So I'm like, he this this has to stop. Somebody has to pinpoint, call these guys out and force them to do the damn job. Shouldn't have to force you to do nothing. We ain't forcing you to cash the check. We have to fuss at you to go, Ryan, you are you going to cash that check? No, nah, I think I'm gonna hold on for it by not a, but for another year or two. Are you sure? Are you sure you don't want to cash the check? You don't have to worry about them cashing the check. You don't have to worry about them spending the money. But I got to implore you to run block something you're supposed to do naturally as an offensive lineman in the NFL. That's how you get in the league. Most of them are not good pass blockers, but they are good run blockers. Most of them, that's the base foundation for an offensive lineman to be a good run blocker. Blocker, But you got to play with attitude, man. And a part of that, like Mickey says, killer instinct. The Saints are lacking that from an offensive line perspective. The defense is flying around the field making plays. Special teams kicking field goals in many cases the first two games to help you out. And and the offense is up and down, and I'm very disappointed in the offense, especially in the Green Bay Packers game, because you tell me with all the money spent on the Saints offense, the best we could do is one offensive touchdown. We can't do two. We can't average at least 14 points in the game. If we'd have done that, we'd have beat the damn team. We're not to worry about it. But Green Bay did a good job stepping in that thing. They had the killer instinct if anybody had it. They had it. They came back and won the damn game, so credit to them. So Mickey's pinpointing. Saints Radio Network. Welcome back to the Saints Hour, Mike Hoss, along with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. And good to be home on Sunday. It's a tough schedule. Uh, four of your first six on the road, NFC South. Uh, Tampa, who played on a short week just like you just played uh, on a short week. They were home and now on the road. Uh, this is an important one Sunday, and it'd be good to get get that home crowd, say, the Houdats, back into it. They have been a couple of weeks since you've been away. Yeah, and I, look, I thought in uh, week one that the home crowd was fantastic. Um, it, 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 uh, um, I, I think it, it was like it was maybe you know ten years ago when when uh, uh, we were rolling. I felt like the crowd was really into the game, into the, the team and um helped us in that uh you know that opening game and so i'm looking forward to having more of that this sunday um 
look, anytime you play a division opponent, um, it's important. Um, you know, Sean used to say that it would count double. I don't know that it counts double. It's just one game, but uh, it's an important game in the division. And look, we, we had uh, Tampa on the ropes a couple of times last year and, and they came back and beat us. And so we, we've got that, uh, you know, kind of sticking with us and, and bothering us. And hopefully we can, um, you know, avenge those losses from, from last year and, and um, get a win on Sunday. Yeah, the Titans were only penalized six times in, in week one, but I would I would hazard to bet without looking at the game book that five of those were false start penalties and kind of early in the game created by the crowd. Yeah, and look, that's a very disciplined, well-coached team. They're not, uh, um, you know, so that, that was a, a little bit of a surprise that they would have that many of those kinds of, you know, mistakes. But again, it's, you know, it's the first game of the season when um, – you know, in this day and age of, of the NFL, you're not your starters aren't getting a lot of play time in the preseason. So you expect some of those, um, you know, some of those mistakes early in the year. And we talked about this a little bit last year because it, it was kind of like things didn't happen. You didn't get turnovers early. And all of a sudden it kind of builds where this year, completely different. You know, week one, you won the turnover battle. Week two, you're even. Week three. You win the turnover battle. I mean, you keep winning that. You keep doing those kind of things, and, and good things will happen. Yeah, look, it's it's the most important stat in terms of winning and losing, the turnover takeaway ratio. Um, you know, on top of that, we get a punt return for a touchdown. And, and look, those, a combination of those two things, um, you know, your percentages of winning are really high, which is another reason why I think we're disappointed in, in – uh, not coming away with a win out of, out of Green Bay because they overcame some things um, to get to get the W on their side. So we need to keep, you know, we need to keep doing those kinds of things and, and our season is going to be just fine. And uh, kind of the- right, let me pause it right there. And, and let me kind of reinforce what Mickey was saying and what Mike Hoss was dropping, what kind of game he was dropping. Let me share my screen with you guys. Right here, this is the current Saints season statistics right here through three weeks of football. This is what the Saints look like, okay? Let me kind of superimpose and make it because I know that lettering is a little small, so that should help out right there. But if you look at the, the statistics right here, you know, for the Saints, right? Offensive statistics right now. Saints total yards, they're averaging almost 315 yards per game in total offense. That's, that's 20th rank in the NFL. They're averaging 221.3 throwing the ball, which is middle of the pack in the NFL. They're, at, they're rushing at 93.3 yards per game. That's 21 in the NFL. They're averaging 18 points a game, offensively speaking. Okay, we were thinking about that, you know, what we need to do here to get better. And we talked about this in the preseason. How many points to this? team score you're looking at at least 20 it's this offense should be good enough to score at least 21 points a game i mean at the brock bottom 14 points but they're giving you 17 almost 18 points a contest that's 25th rank in the nfl and they have three turnovers that's middle of the pack as well so if we just look at the offense for a second you know you can see if you think about what the weapons the Saints have and this is all without elvin kamara by the way Elvin Kamara is not here, obviously, right, through these three weeks. He's a, he's a big portion of the Saints' offense. I think these graph works him out as representing at least 50% or 55, something like that, percent of the Saints' offense. 
when he plays. He's that, you know, important. But Saints right now averaging 18 points a contest, man. That's not going to cut it, man. So what needs to happen is for the Saints to get better. That offense has to trend north. They have to trend better than this. But passing right now, passing yards, middle of the pack, rushing attack, ranked 21st in the NFL. Totally, they're 20 ranked in the NFL through three weeks, just three weeks. Defensive side of things, 28, they're allowing 288 yards flat per game. That's top 10 in yards allowed. Passing, 188.3, that's top 10, number eight. And stopping you at 99.7, that's top 10. So the Saints defense currently is a top 10 defense. They're allowing you to score an average of almost 17 points a contest. That's good for sixth in the NFL. They've taken the ball away five times. That's good for 12th in the NFL. So you can look right now through and just have a quarterly report card on the Saints right now, right? And we still got one more game to throw in it. But if you look at what they were able to accomplish within three weeks, we've known so far that your defense is a top 10 unit and your offense is not. Your (laughs) offense is a top 20 unit. So statistically speaking, you can look directly at the stats and it'll show you exactly what the problem is with the New Orleans Saints. And we know that by looking at it with our eyes, but this lends even more credence to it statistically to prove to you how bad the Saints are offensively speaking. This is this is ridiculous. Right. And it's showing you that they need to improve. Twenty one ranked to 21st ranked rushing attack in the NFL is laughable laughable and they need to get it together back to Loomis flip side of that and I'm not asking about any of the officiating just the impact really because the Saints only had seven penalties and the Packers had 11 penalties for 90 yards but your seven penalties were 102 so about 14 and a half yards of penalty and as we know though you know those big chunk penalties pass interference penalties and they they're they're very impactful uh, for for when they happen and sometimes where yeah, um, yeah, I gotta be careful not to get myself in trouble. I'm saying, just I'm, I'm just not this the impact of the. I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to get you to, to question the officiating. Just man, seven penalties for 102. That's 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 just a lot of yards for seven penalties. Yeah, it's a lot of yards. Look, there's a couple of really impactful calls late in the game, and uh, yeah, we can debate whether or not they were good calls or not. I guess, but. Um, we can't put ourselves in that position. I think number one. Exactly. Um, but yes, you're right. They were impactful calls. Uh, the two pack, the back to back pass interferences were impactful. It was questionable what happened with the Alante Taylor one, but I, but the Yidam one was obvious. But the issue is, like Mickey said, putting yourself in that position in the first place shouldn't even that shouldn't even been a thing. And let us not forget when we talking about penalties or things happen, how many of the Saints penalties did they have where it was self-inflicted with false starts, dumbness like that? So, I mean, a lot of this stuff, it, it's not totally on the officials because they make they're going to make calls against you in close games. Like when the games start getting close, they get really active. We know this because we've seen tons of football. I don't need no statistics to tell you. That when the game is within seven points, the referees start getting really active in the game, especially against you, to try to make it more competitive. So 
you, it's just a lot of stuff that needs to be cleaned up. And I'm talking about, I don't care what the referee, what we're talking about with the referees. They're going to do what they're going to do. But we can control what we do with pre-snap penalties. And the Saints had some of those in the game, and that helped. That hurt us too. Right, even at that. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm, I'm blaming you. I'm not, I'm not trying to split any fines with you. Uh, you talk about uh, the, some of the uh, – like Kendra getting his first action, the, the people who had played in place uh, with Alvin being out, just really draft picks in general. Uh, Kendra gets his first action. And I want to talk about defensively, Isaiah Foskey. He played 23 defensive snaps the last two games. He played 11 snaps against the Packers and had four tackles. It, it feels like he's starting to kind of, you know, I don't, just feel more comfortable out there and, and making big plays. Yeah, I think Isaiah, you know, he did. He played, he only played 11 snaps. He had four uh, uh, tackles. You know, that's a lot. That's a really good ratio of production. Right. And, uh, you know, I think, look, when, when you, when you perform like that, you get the confidence of the coaching staff and, and, uh, uh, you know, that warrants more playtime. And, um, I, but I think the draft picks in general, um, Brian Breesey, uh, um, I thought had, had some really nice plays in this game. Um, you mentioned Kendry Miller. I think, you know, early on you could see it was a little rusty, but as the game, you know, went on, he kind of found his, his rhythm. Um, and so, you know, those guys are going to have an impact on our team this, this season. Uh, you mentioned uh, Brzee. To me, he – you know, we, we've seen the, the, this, the, the move with the spin and he had a pass defense against the, the Packers. To me, it was that fumble with Carolina where you saw a, a speed that you don't typically see to see with a defensive tackle. He's got like next level speed, it looks like. Yeah, he's very, look, he's very athletic. He's probably as good an athlete as we've had at the position since, at least since I've been here. Um, but, the, you know, the, there's, Look, he's a rookie, and and there's a lot that's new to him, and um, but he's taking to coaching well, and I think we'll see um, we'll see improvement as the season goes on. Um, you know, we also had Jordan Henry got the start yeah. and place Marcus May, and I thought he performed pretty well for his first outing, and so um, yeah, it's it's nice to have um, a rookie class making uh, an impact and contributing contributing to your team in their first year because. I typically don't expect that, um, but it's nice to have. Did you watch Tampa Philly? Like, how do you how do you do that for an opposing? Since it's your next opponent, I don't know what you get out of TV a little bit, or you just wait for the them to break it into clips. I mean, how, how do you? What did you do? Yeah, uh, you know, look, I watched uh, watched the game last night. I can toggle back and forth between the two games. Uh, you know, because the Rams are uh, an NFC um, opponent of ours down the road. So, look, you're always interested in, in um, you know, what the other teams in the league are doing. You know, it's up to the coaches to, to you know, analyze exactly the schemes and the things that are happening. But, you know, we watch more, you know, the individuals and, and um, you know, we pay particular attention if, if – you know, a player gets injured and what the likelihood of him playing the next week is going to be. And so, um, yeah, we definitely watched it. I think all of us watched it. Yeah, we figured. So I just didn't know kind of how you answered the question because you might watch it differently than, than Dennis will watch it as he's looking at formations and, you know, you're looking, you're just looking at different things. So yeah. just, just, just curious, got to step aside, take one more quick break. And we're back with Saints executive vice president and general manager, Mickey Loomis. This is the Saints hour. 
All right, and what's interesting about this whole thing, man, with uh, with Mickey is giving a lot of good game, and um, and I've said this at the start of the broadcast is that the the Green Bay Packer loss was so humiliating that, I, and like I said, we have a lot of good players on this team. They just need one of those moments, you know, one of those season moments that galvanize the team and put everybody on code and forces everybody to move forward. One of those situations, uh, an embarrassing situation that either brings you up where you belong or, or you will sink further. So it's a good test early on of what this team can deal with. And listen, the, I mean, just despite the Madden simulation that happened tonight, I had to cut it off because it was ridiculous. Uh, But then again, listen, the Madden simulation that we run here, it's perfect. It had it predicted. It didn't get the scores right, but it predicted the games exactly right. Like it is three and zero in terms of when it says you win, you win, and win <laughs> through the first three weeks. Anyway, we're hoping that it's wrong because we lost big time tonight. But besides that, this is the thing: the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game is the perfect game for the Saints to turn it up because it's the fourth game of the year. You know. That's when a lot of stuff start twisting and turning for you. you a lot of familiarity in this, and you get more comfortability in the scheme. You start seeing things that they like. You needed a spark. You know, you needed a spark or something that can galvanize and unite the team. You got that with that humiliating loss to the Green Bay Packers. You're at home in a dome against the Buccaneers, which is a team that, you know, they lost. They, they're on a short week. They lost to Philadelphia on Monday, and they're on a short week. They're banged up. You got them coming in here. Baker Mayfield struggled there, and he'll. In this, this team presents a very good opportunity for you to provide a knockout punch on a foe. After having a humiliating game, you then respond, respond with a blowout game, the best game of the year showing off your weapons, showing everything off and the saints dominate. They went by at least two touchdowns in the game before they hit the road against the new England Patriots and the Houston Texans. This is that last game was the spark you would hope. So we'll see how they respond to this loss with green Bay against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It'll be an early Testament of how, uh, what, what this team is made of. So, Let's finish with this uh, interview. I, I might as well go ahead and finish up the whole thing, man. We've got a few minutes left. He's going to make it. Year, all, almost all these guys with the same teams. And I had thought of Zach Wood as like this long timer, right? And he really isn't. But here's what I know. And you can just, you know, say this is right on. Either you got a long snapper and you maybe not don't, don't know his name. Or you don't got a long snapper and you know you don't have a long snapper, right? Yeah. Yeah, that that's exactly right. Um Look, they're you know it's one of these jobs in our league that if if um, if he's really good, you don't even notice. You just take it for granted. And and uh, but when you don't have that position solidified, man, it's a scramble. And and uh, we've been in both positions <laughs> over the years. And uh, look, Zach Zach's uh, um, he's just steady. He's just consistent in his his. Uh, um, his demeanor in the building. I mean, he, he adds a lot to our locker room as well as his play on the field. And so it's good to have him locked up and, and, uh, 
hopefully he'll be one of those 14, 15 year guys for us. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, I mean, I just, did, I'd never really taken much notice to it until, I mean, it just seemed like every week it was like, good gosh, there were so, so many uh, lengthy times. And I know you can't speak of it individually, but one of those contracts was uh, Cesar Ruiz, who's in concussion protocol. And we could, we could spend literally the entire show and not cover all of the concussion protocol. But for, suffice to say that for fans out there, it's about stages and phases for him this week, right? You got to pass stages and phases. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you go through, that's exactly right. You, you know, you first have to be symptom free and then you go through these, um, these stages where you, if you remain um, symptom free, you move to the next one and it, it, it can happen where you return to play within a week and, uh, or it could happen that, you know, you don't return to play for um, a couple or, or even three weeks or longer because um, you have to cross each of these thresholds and meet, meet each of these uh, standards for each, uh, each phase of the, of, the, uh, of the protocol. And so we'll go through that. Cesar will go through that. And um, um, when he's ready to return, he will return. And the most recent uh, being Carl Granderson. And I'm, I'm curious, I want to go backwards a little bit to, to 2019, undrafted free agent out of Wyoming. Uh, maybe kind of what, 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 what you saw then, because to me, he, he would be what I would call the definition of player development for an NFL team. Uh, he signed a new contract. I think he's the, it's the most money for an undrafted defensive lineman in NFL history. Um, but you just take me back to what you saw then and kind of what you have watched the progression. Yeah, look, that, that's a credit to our area uh, scouts, our college scouting staff, I think. Sometimes during Christmas, something magical happens. Hey, Cricket customers. The Max with Ads plan is included with the Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. And this holiday season, Max is the one to watch when you're feeling festive. Son of a nutcracker. Cozy up to all the holiday classics like Elf, 8-Bit Christmas, and the Harry Potter 8 Film Collection. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. Phone plans, streams, and standard definition programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See CricketWireless.com for details. Make the most of your holidays by celebrating Christmas at Biltmore. Enjoy a breathtaking tour of America's largest home, filled with shimmering Christmas trees and adorned in all its yuletide glory. Then, don't miss your last chance to experience our immersive digital art exhibit, Italian Renaissance Alive, during its final weeks. Visit now and enjoy a second day free. Learn more at Biltmore.com. I remember right, it was Mike Baugh um, that had that area at the time, and Cody Rager was uh, um, part of that equation. But all of our college uh, scouting staff, you know, they find a guy that's got the traits that they like and plays hard. Um, and so they worked really hard at at uh, getting a commitment for him, uh, being an undrafted free agent. We got him in the building. And, um, look, he is just, you know, no, no player self-made. And yet, man, this is a guy that has just worked his tail off to go from this uh, raw, talented kid to being a really productive NFL player um, kind of came into his own a little bit last year and, and has taken that and, and uh, improved every year. He's, I think he's improved in the beginning of this from, uh, from training camp to the beginning of the season, very productive. He's high motor. Um, 
He's a great kid. He's, you know, he's really everything that you want um, in terms of, of a player in our building. And so it's good to see him as he matures and, and improves. And, and um, it's good to see the guy get a well-deserved contract. Yeah, you, talk, you talked, I mean, eight games in 2019, but he's been there five sacks in 20, you know, then three in 21, five and a half in 22. And wow, he pops out already two and a half sacks. And, you know, six, I don't know if you guys call them quarterback hurries or quarterback pressures or quarterback hits. Everybody kind of uses different terminology, but man, he is in the quarterback's face a lot. Yeah, he is. He, 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 uh, he disrupts the, the quarterback a lot. And look, those sacks in the past have come as really a part-time player. And so he's getting the opportunity to play a lot more and, and um, the production's matching that. Well, I know they're all important, but it is NFC South and it is Tampa Bay. So uh, we appreciate your time. I know you're going to join us on uh, the backside of this break, but uh, good luck on Sunday uh, against the Buccaneers. Thank you, Mike. All right. That's Mickey, man, on an interview with Mike Hall, some WWL. Shout out to them for that uh, good interview. As Mickey was sharing some game, man, and dropping some game about the team and uh, the loss. And, of course, spanning ahead, looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, said he was doing a little scout word on the Bucs the Monday night matchup and we were doing the same thing we know ultimately the Saints would face off against Tampa Bay Buccaneers we had an opportunity on that Monday night game to see what the Eagles did against them and the Eagles were able to run the ball very well against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense and that's the best part of the team they demoralized the the, the defense the offense couldn't withstand Mike Evans uh, he was dropping the ball early on. He had no chemistry with Baker Mayfield. And, of course, uh, reports coming out that Tampa Bay's looking to move beyond Mike Evans. So um, the Saints, like I've said, and I'm going to say it again, I think the Saints, this is a good telltale sign for the Saints. This game uh, is a good barometer of where we could be. You play with pride. You play with intensity. Uh, you play with focus and determination. And you, you'll have the black and gold uh, you'll be in the dome. You had a black and gold faithful cheering you on. And this should be a at least a two touchdown win on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know we always seem to play these guys close. I'm not disparaging them. But after what happened with the Saints, they should come out with focus and clarity and make things happen. Every week, you know, the first three weeks, it just seemed like the Saints just couldn't get on the same page with the rushing attack, which is stuff we know that the Saints could do, uh, historically speaking, just in the near future. They're always known as a solid running team, not so much this year as the offense. And it's, it's just concerning because though we talk about the offensive line, but if you break down the film and look at it, they are losing individual matchups all the time, you know, and it's not like a solid unit. Like they'll come out and they'll each dominate each one of their individual matchups. And that'll open up things for the running attack happens. One guy will win his matchup, the guy next to him will lose his matchup. The two left guards will win. The center loses. You know, and it's like a it's a hodgepodge. Like you'll see the left guard, left tackle, hand lay business, and then the right guard loses his matchup. The right tackle blows him. Of you know, hit loses his matchup. So it's just like you know we have to, and, and you know, like with most lines with struggle, they'll either have a struggle on the left side or the right side, and then they'll run it to the power side, the more dominating side. Until, you know, things iron out. But which side is that? Both sides are, are shaky and creaky. So at some point, and this is the obvious thing, and we just show, and I just showed you guys the statistics through three weeks 
showing you that the Saints offense is not really, you know, not really hitting on anything. Let me get them stats back on the screen because they make a great point. If you look at it, here's the offense right over here. Saints offense, total yards, 315. That's good for 20th in the NFL. Passing is 15th with 221.315. That's middle of the pack in the NFL. Your passing attack is middle of the pack. Your rushing attack is 21st in the NFL of what, 32 teams? You average in 18 points a game. That's good for 25th in the NFL. And you have three turnovers on offense. So it's all of those numbers. Look at those ranking numbers, family. Look at this. All this is ridiculous. 20th in total yards, 15, 21, 25, and 14. And then look, contrast that based on your defense. Defense, total yards, nine. Passing, the secondary line, 188.3, good for eighth in the NFL. Stopping you at 99.7, running the ball, good for 10th. Points allowed less than 17 points a game, good for sixth in the NFL, and they took the ball away five times, that's good for 12th. So you can see exactly what the problem is statistically as well as looking at them with the eyeball tests. This must change, man. They got to carry their own damn water. It's enough is enough, man. The defense been carrying the Saints team around on its backs for the last couple of years, and enough is enough. A lot of resources have been sent to the side of to that side of the ball and need to step up. And I know Derek Carr might not be with us for I know he won't be here for this game and possibly the next game. But we have a guy that knows the offense better than Derek Carr named Jameis Winston. He's been here for three years. And Jameis Winston has to make that happen. He has to be him and Carmichael and the offensive brass have to work together to galvanize this offense and move it forward. And a big part of helping out the quarterbacks so we don't over rely on the quarterbacks is the running attack. We have to run the ball better than what you see on the statistic. We average in uh, running the ball 93.3 yards a game, which is good for 21st in the NFL. That has to change. That's That's got to change, man. All right, so anyway, with that being said, fam, we're going to get ready to get on. I'm going to let y'all go ahead and get y'all some rest. Shout out to you. <laughs> Shout out to my brother Slim. They keep showing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, bro. I got it on tap, bro. But, you know, and, um, you know, that's a part of the game, bro. Uh, Marlon Mall says, Q, I don't trust our old line against the Bucks. Bro, uh, Green Bay, and we, and shout out to Mike Wally, who did the preview stream um, for the for the Saints and the Packers matchup. He spoke about the eighth, the eight first round draft picks that the Steelers had. But still in all, the Steelers, you know, he spoke he spoke about, you know, the youth being an issue. But I was constantly warning people that Green Bay has a very good coach and they have some talented players. They're just young. They were missing a lot of key people that would probably would have hurt you bad. Aaron Jones is a, is a quality back. I think the Saints would be able to do something with him. Christian Watson, that big, big wide receiver they got, big physical wide receiver. You imagine him and Romeo Dubs playing off of each other, that would have been ridiculous. And they had two of their best offensive linemen that were missing. The Saints had one sack in the game. Couldn't get pressure. We did the preview or the recap, actually, of the Packers and the Saints matchup on Patreon. And I was showing how clean the pocket was in many cases for Jordan Love to the point where pressure didn't even affect them, even if they were, if they even were to start getting into them, uh, to getting at them later in the game. 
he would, he already had a rhythm with his wide receivers. He was making rhythm throws out there, getting the ball up the field. And when you seen that happen, it was over with. They allowed him to get in the rhythm. The Saints defense did not get to him. They didn't have a sack on Jordan Love, except for, and I'm saying the defensive line. I know Alante had a sack. They sent Alante Till in there and they finally got one sack. But I'm talking about Cam. I'm talking about Curl. I'm talking about the rest of those guys. They didn't register one sack there. So, you know, that can't happen. Now we got a physical Tampa Bay defense that'll be coming at you. You know, and that's the best part of the team. Now we'll see where some of these guys are because some of their best players are banged up. But still in all, regardless of not who plays for Tampa Bay, the Saints must represent and they got to get the dub, bottom line. All right. All right. Shout out to Barbara. Good to see you in here, Queen. Iceman says, I don't expect nothing more than 19 points from this offense. 19, they're averaging 17.7 or whatever the hell it is, man. That's just, that's it's, it's so many resources for 17 points a game. It's just so disheartening. All right, Ramsey, shout out to you, man. I know <laughs> y'all requesting, I might as well go ahead on and play it, right? Let me see if I hit the right button on it. <laughs> Boy, you hit that line. He, he, he holds that line, man. <laughs> Shout out to y'all, man. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Yeah, we got to do it, man. We got They got to represent, man. Duke says the Eagles ran the ball all over the Bucks defense. We need to commit to run. Eagles gave us the blueprint to Sunday's game in the Dome. Exactly, Duke. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. 
Brother Eric says, I'm rolling to Colorado Springs. Don't get any rest until I get there in about four hours. Be careful on that road, Brother Eric. Barbara says, but do you see cars three and out after the field goal? Did you see? Oh, okay, she talked to the ice man. All right, there you go. <laughs> Boy, he holds that day. He hold he hold that 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 cord, don't he, man? <laughs> oh man, he, hey, bro, I I, I I can't do that, bro. All the breath in my body will leave. <laughs> I can't do it, man. <laughs> anyway, so with that being said, let me get out on that, man. I appreciate y'all for tuning in for this episode of the Coma, man. We'll be back Thursday. Remember, tomorrow is, is Who That Nation United, my dog Randolph from the Who That, the Keeping It Real, Who That podcast, and Coach Rock, they'll be representing. Uh, we got the NOLA Bros with my boy Teal and the family, they'll be here. And my dog Hoodie, they'll be representing on Thursday uh, for. Who that nation united? So we'll be covering all the latest Saints stuff, all the latest news, the Thursday injury report as well. Y'all also feel free to go to the who that daily.com and subscribe. Got a lot of great content uh going on over there, a lot of great writers and contributors dropping it. This is gonna be a fantastic. I know I've been telling my family members we've been doing a lot of boxing articles. I've been reading a couple of Oscar. And authors boxing articles from the who that daily.com. They have these really great articles they be dropping. And there's a big fight coming up this weekend. It's Canelo Alvarez against Charlo. It's a great big old fight. And I know that y'all probably, I mean, I know a lot of people, they hadn't been as much advertising that I thought they should have for it, but it's a big fight. Canelo Alvarez versus Charlo. It's going to be a really good fight. We'll be looking at that fight. It should be an article. I think Oscar, one of our boxing contributors, is writing an article on that. He'll have a preview of that particular uh, fight. I think he said he'll release it tomorrow or the day after. But, yeah, we'll co- we're going to be covering that fight, and I'm going to be doing that fight live for the family members this upcoming Saturday for the Canelo Alvarez versus Charlo fight. We'll be doing that live, man. So a lot of great stuff going on in the fight game. We'll cover all that on the weekend. So. I know y'all been uh, checking that out. So with that being said, man, Ram says, hey, Q, do you know? He says, do we know how many times we'll be wearing or what? how many times we will be wearing our color rush or even the black helmets? I don't know, bro. I'm going to have to look into that and check that out and see what's going on with that as well. Yeah, the color rush, usually, uh, you know, they those kind of kind of the color rush unis are usually in conjunction with like the Thursday night games or something like that. And I think we do have, we got a Thursday night game against the Rams. Don't we family? I'm have to look at the schedule. See, but I know most of the time the NFL gets more money out of people using the color rush uniforms because you don't, you usually wear those unis for those Thursday night games. So let me see if, uh, I don't know when they are supposed to be doing that, but let me see if I can find out when, uh, let me see if I can pull. I think the only Thursday night, y'all correct me in the chat. Uh, is the Rams matchup, isn't it, family? Y'all remind me. Hold on, let me take a look. Give me a second here. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was just pulling from memory, man. Actually, no, Jacksonville. The Jacksonville game is a Thursday night game. We'll be playing in the Domo October the 19th against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They'll be on Prime Video. And then again in week 16 against the Rams, it's also a Thursday night game. So 
you know, if we do use the color rush unis, I'm thinking it might be during that time frame. I don't know when they're going to wear that black helmet again that they wore last year. I don't know when that's going to happen. So we'll see. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I just pulled, just pulled it up, family. I was looking at the schedule. <clears throat> Let me share it with you guys. Oh yeah. I got the, the thing on. Y'all can't see it. Uh, let's see. All right. Yeah. There it is right there. Yeah, so yeah, it's two Thursday night games, Jags, Jaguars, and then later on in the year, the Rams. So we probably see some of that going on then. All right, so anyway, with that being said, let me get out on that, man. Listen, I appreciate y'all so kindly. Shout out to all of the family members and appreciate all y'all guys for the uh, our Patreon and YouTube membership family. If you want to join the platform, please feel free to check out the description section below in the link tree, or you can simply hit the join button on the channel or go to patreon.com forward slash of the pro media network that's patreon.com forward slash the pro media network all of that great game and a lot of lot content is available there as well as on uh youtube so with that being said i'm gonna get out on that hold on we have one more question doc says uh what do you know about (laughs) plenty bro plenty man hey bro it's it's uh man i'm a music connoisseur brother you know that's that's uh uh, whatever. And I was listening to this because I'm a I like jazz too. I was listening to a group, man. They were out in the set, 70s, man. And um, I don't know y'all. Y'all are pretty diverse and y'all are pretty smart people. Um, let me see if y'all remember a song that was made. Uh, oh, Orange Clouds. Y'all remember that? Let's see if we know anybody out there uh, that had a song called Orange Clouds. Orange Clouds. It's by a group called Azimuth. Y'all, and, and, and put one in the chat if y'all ever heard that before. I'll probably because that's probably y'all probably didn't hear that before. But I mean, for those who probably, I'm, I'm a and I, I like different music, man. And you know, I'm just if it's good music, I like it, man. And I play it. But yeah, Glenn Jones is throwback. That's all good, man. You know, it's it's a ton of that, man. But anyway, yeah, y'all check that out, man. It's called Orange Clouds by Azimuth. It's a, I want to say they're a Latin jazz band group back in the six. I mean, this is throwback. Okay, Eric said, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep. Yep. Eric said he heard of them. See? Yeah. Said they great, really good music. They do a lot of good stuff, man. But uh, yeah, they got a lot of great music, man. I'd be just vibing to, man, driving around in the car, listening to it on a really nice day, man. It's pretty smooth. But anyway, with that being said, let me get out on that, man, before I start talking about something else. Much love to the fam. Appreciate y'all, man. I'm going to at y'all on the flip side. Peace and who that to you. Yeah. Huh? Boogie like Benson, I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Long as I'm living, I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Lose all winning, I'm a who that. Sports coma, yeah, this is where we do that. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. Sports coma, this is where we do that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Somebody please better help. Running this thing like elf. Thank God every day I'm not a felt. Go to YouTube live with Big Q and the guys. If you ain't ride or die, the bandwagon get flipped. Been marching in, that was way for the ring. I was yelling out your shame for the championship. Bucking on town, duck down. Falcons, pluck, get shut down. Panthers ain't much. 
touchdown. The vision really belong to us now. So much hate on the Saints, you could probably tell. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishing and you probably smell the crooked referees are Roger Goodell. Yeah. like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. News are winning, I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, where we do that. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. You're listening to the sports coma with Big Q and the guys on the PRO Network. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.